Wednesday morning, one week away from the uh, Pesach Seder, which is to uh, one week from tonight. Uh, our panel coming up in just a moment. want to remind you that this portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dogs, Sausages, and Deli is the world's best, serving the kosher and kosher of Pesach world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Also wanted to mention our friends at Art Scroll continue uh, to do whatever they can during this crisis to help people, including the download of a free Masechta, if you wish, plus access to their app. All the details at artscroll.com. Go to artscroll.com. Also, if you'd like to buy Crohn's brand-new book at the Magid Seder or the brand-new book about the life of Rebetz and Youngreis, you can get it at a 15% discount if you use the promo code RADIO. 15% discount if you use the promo code RADIO. Simple as that. Our panel this year is not in studio for obvious reasons. They're on our conference line, and everyone is together. We'll introduce everyone in just a second. We, I am hold. And by the way, it's going to be a very tedious hour for them as they literally hold on uh, to a phone call uh, for an hour as the uh, roundtable uh, is conducted. So my thanks to all the panelists who are dedicating this hour uh, to really help the community with information and answering questions and for being there in a pre-Pesach spirit that is uh, unlike one we've experienced before. And we've done this pre-Pesach show for three and a half decades. Uh, I'm holding in my hand, and if you go to Facebook, facebook.com slash Nahum Siegel Network, we're on Facebook Live, and it's up on the camera. I'm holding in my hand the um, OU booklet. This is the um, the Bible, if you will, of preparing for Pesach on a practical level. It's the uh, 2020 Guide to Passover. I am sure it's available online at the OU website. We have it here in a... Uh, in a regular uh, magazine form, uh, over 100 pages. Kudos to the OU for that, and we will um, uh, we will go ahead and uh, and refer to it when uh, when appropriate uh, here on the program. Uh, the panelists that are with us are people that you are used to, plus a very special guest who we will introduce in a in a couple of minutes. Um, the panel includes, of course, Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, spiritual leader of the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills. Rabbi Schoenfeld is with us, a uh, long time. Akasha's coordinator with the uh, OU. Rabbi Schoenfeld, welcome back to JM in the AM. Oh, it's good to be here. I wish I could be up front with you. I appreciate that. I miss not having you here in the studio, especially our uh, face-to-face discussions about how to handle birds and goldfish during the holiday. But the, this will have to suffice uh, this time around. Uh, we have Rabbi Gersten, of course, Rabbi Ellie Gersten, in addition to being rabbinic coordinator, is recorder of OU PSOC and policy, a very always important but this year, with all the new things that are being told to us regarding uh, observing Erev Pesach and Pesach, uh, even more so uh, because of the unique situation. Rabbi Gersten, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate you being here. And the people that we're going to start with, we're going to hold off on our special guest for a couple of minutes, who's going to be able to shed some light on the whole coronavirus situation from his perspective. Uh, but first, I said we're going to start with Ronnie and Larry. They are on the front lines, literally as so many pharmacists, healthcare workers, et cetera, are in this situation. Th- those of you out there who are familiar with J-Drugs, located at 1205 Avenue J in Brooklyn, J-Drugs 2 at 3402 Avenue N in Brooklyn, uh, you know that they have been, they're always busy, era, they're always busy, they're always busy era of Pesach, and usually with Pesach questions. This year I can only imagine what's going on. Ronnie and Larry, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much, Nachum. It's uh, great to be here. Again, and let me tell you something, this year is very, very unusual, like you're saying. Um, I haven't even started with the Pesach questions. I'm getting all the corona questions and all that other issues that are coming up. 
that's occupying everyone's minds, and the Pesach questions haven't even started. So this time this morning is a breath of fresh air to get away from the uh, the routine that we've been doing in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you said to me off the air last week that uh, you're used to hearing Pesach questions once Purim ends, and uh, for good reason. It's not it's not at the forefront of everyone's minds. Usually, it is this time of year. Uh, um, Larry and Ronnie, uh, certainly, can you describe to us what it's like, what it's like trying to get all these medications to all the people who are in need and dealing with the situation from your perspective at this time? Good morning, Nachum. This is Ronnie. I would like to tell you that, yes, you're right. Um, Usually, this is a very, very different time of year due to the terrible coronavirus that we're that we're dealing with in, in, in the city. Um, getting medications to the people, get, making them feel good about themselves is, is an extremely trying, difficult process. But we're very proud of our staff at J-Drugs and very proud of the doctors and medical people that are working. We are all working together to, uh, uh, to make to make this difficult situation at least somewhat tolerable. Um, we're in contact with many, many, many different doctors over the course of the city, and of course we, have to, we would be remiss if we didn't give a big, tremendous shout-out to our good friend, Dr. Stuart Dietrich, yep. who is certainly at the forefront of helping our community and the, the general New York City community at large in, in fighting this, this horrible disease that's overtaken our city. And truth, truth be told, our staff at J-Drugs is head and shoulders above everybody in, 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 in this uh, fight against uh, the virus. They do above and beyond what anybody would, would expect of, um, of staff members. They're there every day in the trenches really helping everybody. Ronnie. Whether they're young, old, and it doesn't, it's no difference. Ronnie, um, you, you are one of the people that is in direct contact with those who are very lonely at this time. There are people that you are serving as customers who at this point are shut-ins or leave their home on a, on a very irregular basis, uh, many of them elderly and many of them uh, you know, with nobody uh, to turn to. And I, I assume that, uh, that, that I mean, you, you, you can testify that there are a lot of people out there that really need us to look after them, that really need neighbors and friends to step it up and be in touch with them on a regular basis. Yes, that's absolutely 100% true. And we've, we've tried to be in contact with people, people that we know that are ill. We've followed up with phone calls, making sure, how are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Um, uh, uh, the city allows some of the, um, the food stores to remain open right. as essential businesses, and we've sent food and other uh, necessities to people, even though it's not within our scope, but we've tried to do a tremendous amount of chesed to try to make their lives at least a little bit tolerable. Uh, During I'll... this time period, we hired, <coughs> hired three extra drivers to run around uh, to make the deliveries. We don't want people who are not feeling well to leave their homes. We want them to stay in their homes. We will deliver to them. We leave the packages by the door. We don't want to have our drivers get in contact with them. But everyone, you know, has to wear masks and gloves, and we, you know, um, tell the people, stay home, we will deliver to you, we will take care of you. We have many, many cases where people call up, do you have this or that? And I want to, I need, for me, I have an extra neighbor who's elderly, needs a thermometer. And, I had, you know, and it's a lot of chesed. We had uh, one of the uh, doctors from one of the facilities had 
um, these thermometers and just dropped them off by us, and we just <laughs> donated at the people who needed it, who just came in. I need a thermometer. We said, here, this is, you know, take it. We had someone that donated cases and cases of Purell for us to give to Hask for the Hask homes. As you know, we take care of Hask. We sure. take care of human care. Um, OHEL, some, some of the homes, they're all in very, very um, – Lockdowns and dire needs, uh, a lot of them, unfortunately, uh, went to the hospital. Uh, some of the homes um, have the coronavirus in it, and, you know, they're totally locked down. And, uh, you know, we had to scramble to find them thermometers and fever scans and even things like probe covers. Um, you know, people are wandering around looking where the masks are, but we got to get them probe covers for the ears. they got to take uh, uh, pulse oximeters. I had a company out in California ship me out a whole uh, uh, a stock just to take care of the Hask homes and uh, just be able to get this stuff to people. It, it's um, wow. amazing the amount of chesed and the stuff that has to go on now. But, you know, there are people out there, and unfortunately there are the people that are trying to, you know, make a buck on the deal, you know, uh, coming around with the masks that are exorbitant prices and stuff like that. And, you know, but we try – just to take care of the people. Um, with Dr. Dietrich, we were able to get a big supply of the, uh, the hydroxychloroquine and the Z-Packs for the people. So we are fully stocked. Um, we've been shipping medication to Chicago, Lakewood, all over the city, all over, all over the country to uh, people who have been in touch with Dr. Dietrich, um, that they need the medication, that they can't get it, their pharmacies don't have it. And we've been shipping out every day 30, 40 packages, um, you know, out, you know, to uh, various parts of the country, um, places that don't have this medication. Uh, Ronnie and Larry Birnbaum, J. Drugs, I thank our panel, very patient panel, as we uh, uh, ask them to set aside this hour for us. And we're going to get to everybody, but uh, feel we got to do this conversation first about the situation with coronavirus, plus we have a special guest from Israel. Uh, on all, We are on all of our regular platforms, plus Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network, Facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. A final question for now for our J-Drugs heroes. Um, Larry, there are people who are concerned, especially for the their parents and friends who are elderly, about possible medication shortages. You just mentioned the hydro medicine that, that we've heard so much about. Uh, is there anything that you would consider in the shortage category right now? Um, the only thing I would say is Tylenol, mostly because people are, you know, just uh, the, the bottle that they have is not enough. They want two bottles, three bottles. So the the only thing that we're experiencing really is the face mask and the and zinc uh, lozenges and, and zinc, anything any zinc any zinc, form of zinc with zinc, zinc vitamin C is uh, in short uh, in short supply, supply. Um, but uh, for the medication as far as like regular medication prescription. every prescription medication that people are taking there is no shortage there's no um, they don't, people don't have to be nervous about getting their supply early that they're not going to be able to get it all the regular medications are, is out there and the uh, like I said the Z-Packs and the uh, the Plaquenil generic Plaquenil which is uh, the hydro hydroxychloroquine <laughs> I can't even pronounce it um, I just say hydro that, medicine that, uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we have uh, we have plenty of it in stock, and um, and there is more and more coming in. So um, people don't have to be nervous about it. 
The only thing that I ask the people is is that they don't ask for it if they don't need it. If you have, if you right. got the cold, if you got the corona, and you require it, then it's available for you. If you don't, if you have a flu, you've got to remember it's flu season also. Right. So not everyone who's experiencing a runny nose and a little cough, it's the corona. It could be the flu. It could be allergies. Uh, the tree pollen is coming out now. And the weather has uh, been on, off, hot, cold, rainy. So people are coming down with the regular colds. So it's not necessarily corona. It might be just a regular cold. And uh, people should just uh, be patient and um, let the medical professions do what they have to do to uh, watch over everybody. And uh, like I said, there's, there's no shortage if people don't hop. If people, you know, right. I, need, I don't need uh, one bottle of Tylenol. I need six bottles of Tylenol. Then there's not going to be Tylenol for uh, everyone who needs it. So it's really um, a situation where uh, people are, you know, cleaning out the uh, Costco for toilet paper, which uh, blows my mind uh, why they did that. But um, it, it's uh, the human nature, I guess, is hard to beat. But they, they have to just be calm, and everything is there, and everything is coming to them. Is uh, is zinc chametz? Um, zinc is kidneyous. So, you know, if you have the cold and you're okay, good. for the virus or something, we'll, that we'll, so the we'll, we'll discuss. Yeah, okay we'll, we'll, we'll discuss that with the rabbis in a minute. What was the other one you I, mentioned? You mentioned zinc. Oh, and vitamin C. Is vitamin uh, C chametz? Vitamin C, right. Also, that's kidneys. Kidneys, um, okay. So we'll discuss that with the rabbis in a minute. Uh, JM and the AM, it's our pre-Pesach program. I want to thank Larry and Ronnie. They're with us for this hour. Um, and, of course, Rabbi Schoenfeld, Rabbi Gersten. Rabbi Schoenfeld, we have a special guest with us on this conference call, someone who usually is unavailable to us because of his busy travel schedule and the time that he spends uh, in places that uh, neither you nor I would normally go would normally go to. Forget about now. Whoever has their 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 computer or app on, I'm going to ask you to please shut it. Thank you, uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld. Are you there? Yes, I am. This tradition that you uh, inherited, this tradition that you now are the head of, uh, the head of our panel uh, here at the uh, at the JMN broadcast, uh, was first done exclusively, individually, and alone by one person, who is now the longtime rabbinic field representative in China for the uh, OU. You know who I'm talking about, Rabbi Schoenfeld. I don't know. If you give me a couple of hints, I'll figure it out. The one and only Rabbi Mordechai Grumberg. He's back, everybody, back and better than ever to join us on this call and to give us a perspective on what it's like to be in China and what's happened over the last uh, three months uh, between uh, China and Israel, where he uh, normally travels. Rabbi Grumberg, shalom. I assume you're in Jerusalem. A pleasure to speak with you this morning. Good morning, Nachum. To you and good afternoon to me. Yeah, that's for sure. Normally, you are in China for like eleven days at a clip, right? That was according to the article I read. You spend about a week and a half in China, then you head back to Israel, and you're doing this type of shuttle, this type of uh, uh, rabbinic um, uh, field work on a regular basis for a long, long time. Uh, about twenty-two years. Um, so, what can you tell us? What can you tell us about? how the people in China have handled this situation, and what do you think on April 1st as the U.S. and Israel and other countries are now dealing with the situation? Well, Baruch Hashem, when we all left uh, China, I'm referring to all the mashkichim from all the organizations, 
and all the businessmen were already out of China by January 10th, the latest, because the Chinese New Year came in at uh, January 24th, and most factories start closing down the beginning of January, and all the businessmen who are there from all over the world have to have in their orders by mid-December, so they're already out by mid-December, coincidentally. Of course, nothing is coincidence, right. but Baruch Hashem, we were all out by January 10th. January 12th, I got calls already after the uh, government made it official. I was getting calls from my colleagues in China that they actually were pleading with me to send them masks from here. Believe it or not, there was a shortage of masks already at that point. And that's one thing I'd like to emphasize to to the audience is that uh, according to what I'm being told now as of today, April uh, 2nd, is, uh, and I'm in touch with uh, dozens and dozens of uh, QA people, QC people, in dozens of factories uh, uh, in the last few weeks because the factories are back into uh, full production after the workers came back from a New Year's holiday, which was extended for two weeks. And um, they're basically in production, and they said that, and they keep emphasizing to me, each person that I talk to, they they say, Mr. Rabbi, Please make sure to wear masks and tell all your friends to wear masks. As much as washing is, is concerned, of course, but everyone should wear a mask. And in Ad Hayom, the uh, cities and the provinces that had uh, infections, uh, the, the law is in China to wear masks, and that's what brought it down. That's what brought the numbers down to plateau. Uh, Pre-corona, do the majority of people wear masks in China? Like when you're walking the street, do most have or not? No. Oh, really? I, th- I was under the impression. I was under the impression that they did. So, uh, so now, now they have no, no choice. More, now, now they're outside. They have no choice but to wear one. That's correct. Um, even even inside the factories, because I'm now doing uh, visual inspections uh, through the WeChat uh, live stream. Uh, even inside the factories, if there's more than one person in a room, they have to wear a mask in their meeting rooms, in the workshops, in the warehouses, no matter how far they are from that individual. Right. So um, not to be too philosophical, Rabbi Grunberg, uh, but the holiday season, which destroyed us because Purim could not have come at a worse time for the Jewish community, uh, the holiday season in China saved a lot of people including yourself, frankly. Yes, you could look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mean to demean, especially publicly, the holiday of Purim. Purim is amazing and incredible, and this year was as well. But we know now, looking back, that it would have been beneficial if people would not have gathered to the extent that they did both Purim night and Purim day, especially in certain communities, um, really everywhere. I'm not labeling any community. I, I think the entire Jewish community um, you know, could have done without that, and hopefully next year, Bezrat Hashem, we'll all be able to celebrate the way we're used to. Uh, Rabbi Gersten, why don't we kick this off, because you know there's a lot of uh, situations that are unique to this year. Normally, and you know, you know that the, Ronnie and Larry always joke with me about all the stuff that I take every day, 
And frankly, my kids have made it a priority, thank God, to keep me to keep me and Stacy as healthy as possible during this time, Blee Einhara. What do you say about all these um, vitamins, pills, herbs that people like myself take that are kidneyous? Right. So um, we've spoken with Rav Schechter um, about you know, these types of questions about the vitamins. Uh, usually, the um, we say that vitamins are, are you know they're optional. They're just to promote good health. Uh, in a time of, of a, you know Magefa, a time of a pandemic. Um, some of these vitamins are <coughs> lifesavers. So if, if a person is taking a vitamin that they believe will help them to withstand... Uh, you know, I, have to, I have to ask everybody on the line to please, please understand every noise is being heard by everybody. So please, please be as quiet as you can, and I appreciate it. Rabbi Gersten, go ahead. We're talking about kidneys. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So then, then we view, um, in a time like this, we, could, we view vitamins that are taken to... to protect the person from these diseases as a medicine. Uh, it's no different than if your doctor prescribes, uh, you know, and you have to go to the pharmacy to pick it up, or, you know, if you get it over the counter, a vitamin that's there to do the same thing that protects the person, uh, those types of vitamins are considered medicines. And any medicine pill, even if a person is not, you know, the, isn't deathly ill, even if they have a cold, any medicine pill can be taken on Pesach as long as it's a... Uh, flavor, you know, no flavor, no, you know, no sweetener, just a pill that you swallow, then they're, they're all fine on Pesach, even if it has kidneys in it. Right, understood. Um, uh, Larry and Ronnie, are you ready for my quick list on this? Sure. Zinc. Always. Zinc, kidneys, as, as we established. Kyolic. Again, kidneys. Ginger. Well, why don't you have raw ginger? I break with ginger now. Yeah, I know. I, I don't like ginger, though. I really need to take the tablet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so would the tablet be kidneyous, or I don't even know. Maybe. I have no idea. Probably kidneyous. Horse. Yeah, horse. Remember, most of these things have, like, cornstarch in the uh, right. bulking agent and all right. these things. Horse, chestnut, yes. and slippery elm. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know the answer to that one yourself. Uh, I just want to make sure none of them are actually hummets. That would be bad. Uh, but I would assume that, because, you know, based on past experience with the Birnbaums, who are usually in our studio today, uh, I would bet that yeah. 99% of, of, of anything we would mention in the medicine vitamin uh, category would either be kidneyous or fine. And none of right. them. There's no- only a few of them, like, you know, vitamin E that they actually get from a grain source that might be, um, that might be hummus stick. All right, one but, second. Uh, most R- of Rabbi- them are not from. Uh, Hold on, Rabbi Gersten. Rabbi Gersten, what would the sock be with vitamin E? Well, again, I mean, if it's a chewable, um, things like that, then there are a bunch of ingredients that we're concerned with. Um, even things like um, mannitol can come from hummus, and that often used as a sweetener in a lot of these chewable medicines. Um, so it doesn't have to come from there. It could be a corn source, but, you know. What is that? Try to... Mannitol, it's, a, it's one of the sweeteners. I'm sure that... Um... <laughs> I, I think I think there was a I think there was a different conversation going on. <laughs> I I really I need the I need the whole panel's cooperation here to limit the background noise. Mute your phones if you could uh, when you're not uh, speaking. That would be probably a better way of handling it. Rabbi Gerson, wrap up this one. Go ahead with vitamin E. Yeah, but again, but if it's not a chewable, if it's just a a pill, a tablet that you swallow, um, again, if it's taken just for 
you know, some other non-important you know, purpose, then you should skip it for the week. If it's a kidneyist thing, but it's, um, or even, you know, even if it's uh, a suffix chametz thing, but if it's taken because of, you know, like citric acid could also come from chametz. Right. Uh, but yet we're, most of it doesn't. Most citric acid is kidneyist, and uh, most, uh, uh, most vitamin C is kidneyist, uh, which is ascorbic acid. Um, a lot of these acids, though, could come from any type of a sugar glucose source, which could be, which include, could include chametz. Um, so these things, as long as they're in a pill form, it's taken for uh, because a person's concerned about then we consider it a medicine, and then right. it can be taken as a pill. JM and the AM, it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and com on the Nachum Siegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Plus today, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network, partnership with World Mizrahi, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network. Any email we get, we should get to, um, Nachum at NachumSiegel.com. So if you want to if you want to get a question and do it by email, you can also use our app. Go to the NSN Nachum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone and use the comment section. We we're hopefully going to get to those as well, uh, but certainly the, the, the email, we're going to make an effort uh, to get to whatever we can uh, with our panel this morning. All right, Rabbi Schoenfeld. Oh, first of all, Rabbi Schoenfeld, no vitamin E for the fish. That would not work. You do not want to have uh, chametz. That would not work this year. You know, the kidneyus is one thing for the animals, but no vitamin E. It sounds like it sounds like you weren't planning on tossing those into the fish tank anyway. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> they, they have a better diet than we all have anyway. They get but a lot of comments in the, act, in the average fish food. There you go. Rabbi Schoenfeld and Rabbi Gersten, there are some issues that have come up this year that are unique to Pesach 5780. Rabbi Schoenfeld, you're somebody who's being asked questions constantly by your congregants, and I'm sure you've gotten a lot of these. And Rabbi Gersten, I'm sure you've been turned to in terms of the uh, you know official psak that some of the uh, Rosh Yeshiva and Rabbanim poskim have given uh, during this unique era. Uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld, what should we start with? Should we start with the Tvilas Kalim, the the uh, usual tradition that when one uh, or I, should... Nachum, I just asked my own question of Larry uh, and Ron, the um, uh, which people have been asking me. There's no no one lists polygrip or any of those denture adhesives uh, on any of their lists. There's, it is I would imagine it's okay, but I can't I, I don't show anything for it. Polygrip or easy grip or whatever that is. That, you know if this is. Uh, um... Well, I think Fixident is on the list. That's, that one's all right. Um, Polygrip is not that popular, but uh, Fixident should be there. Fixident. Um, give me a moment. Okay. Rabbi Grunberg, who would have dreamt 30 years ago that Rabbi Schoenfeld would be asking about Polygrip, huh? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm really I, asking for Rabbi Grunberg. He asked me to ask. But, you know. uh, I, I see. I see. Super polygrip is on the list. Nice. Right. Yeah. I would. Okay. Good. Rabbi Schoenfeld, on this list, should we start with Tfilas Kalim, the uh, halacha that one must uh, uh, bring the uh, brand new glassware, etc., to a mikvah? Right. And I'm going to hand off to Rabbi Gerstin in a moment because you know he is our, our halacha right. recording. Uh, Correct. Uh, for the for the OU, right. uh, but I'll outline the problem. The problem, of course, is this year more than other years, especially people are making Pesach for the first times. Right. They've never experienced the Pesach at home, as we know, Nachum. And uh, <laughs> so now all of a sudden they're faced with buying new kalim, which will have which metal, uh, anything of metallic origin or glass, with the Rabbanon, which requires a bracha, has to go to the kalim mikvah. Most kalim mikvahs, certainly in Queens, I know they're closed, and they, all of them should be closed. Right. 
um, you dip your hands into the same water, unsanitized water as everybody else. Uh, you know, so what we've been telling, I tell people if you're willing to go to, in Queens, if you're willing to go to the Flushing Meadow Lake, uh, you can be total there. It's it's a nat, yeah, it's what's broadened by man, but it's a nat, its source is natural. Right. And uh, it uh, that those should be good there, but most people it's very murky water. It's not a great environment. So otherwise, what most Rabbanim have been advising is to either gift it or sell it to a non-Jew, because once it's in a non-Jew's possession, it does not require it to be less kalim. So um, and then you you let the you let the the, uh, the non-Jew know uh, that I will be borrowing it. Hope you don't mind if in the foreseeable future I will be borrowing it. Right. Uh, Keeping it in my possession, but it's yours. They have to do a little uh, footwork with them and explain to them what's going on. Others say that you can be mafkirit, you declare it hefker, that it's not mine, I relinquish all ownership to it, and then um, you go ahead and repossess it. I just don't know how great that is, personally. Because first of all, generally you need three men uh, to be mafkirit in front of. Uh, and secondly, it's a little bit of a joke. You're mafkirit, but you're not leaving it in the public street, it's in your own house. Uh, but that, and some of the rabbinic organizations, CRC, I'm not sure if the, any of the others uh, have been giving forms how to, you know, to sign up here and you'd be mafia. It may work. And I think Rabbi Gersten maybe better explain to us the mechanics. Rabbi Gersten, uh, what do the uh, postcom say? Yeah, so uh, this has always been a very controversial uh, psaac. And in ordinary years, you know, nobody would advise doing such a thing. Um, the problem is that. You know, to to make a uh, to sell it or to gift it to a non-Jew means I have to come in contact with him, and oftentimes, you know, this is not this is not so feasible. So people are really stuck. They can't go over to their neighbor's house. The neighbor, you know, doesn't want them coming in, um, and they don't know how to, uh, you know, do these, um, you know, to arrange it. So uh, one one you know, the, so some rabbanim, Shachter uh, included, has has said under these circumstances. When it's permitted to rely on those postcoms at hold, that you can, that you could be mafkir. You make it ownerless. Um, how do you get three people to do it? Like Rabbi Shonfeli asked. So one way you could do it is with a conference call. I can mm. call up three people on my phone. Um, they should all be men over the age of bar mitzvah or even older, uh, better. And uh, the reason why you're supposed to have three is because you're supposed to have one who can, uh, who who be able to take it uh, as his own because I made it hefker. So now anyone can come and take it. And two. That could testify that I had made it uh, ownerless. Right. Uh, so if someone did come along and take it, um, they would be the witnesses who could say that indeed he wasn't stealing it; it was uh, it was legitimate. So that's why you're supposed to have three people who are informed about this. And but it doesn't have to be uh, in front of them. It's not like a you know a davarship of kedusha. It's not something you need a minion for or you know even a, a zimun. This is this is just to let people know. So if I call up three people. It should preferably be done at the same time because otherwise maybe I, I took it back after I gave it to this one. You know, so I tell three people at the same time that this item is now ownerless, then under those circumstances, um, Rabbanim are now permitting it this year if there's no other option available. What about uh, relatives? Can it be in front of father and his two sons, something like that? No, it shouldn't be. It should be three people who are able to testify. So it should be three unrelated individuals. All right. Or can be related to yourself. Even one of them cannot be a cousin. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, cousin shouldn't be either. It should be maybe a second cousin, somebody who can, mm-hmm. you know, very distant enough. So just to clarify, three unrelated people, three independently not related people? Three independently unrelated people. Wow. That one of them could 
Theoretically taken, the other two would be able to test. I hate to tell you, that's, that's going to be hard for some people to put together, especially, you know, people who don't know how to utilize, uh, you know, conferencing and all that if they needed to be done at the same time. But anybody who needs advice on that, contact us. We'll try to help you out because uh, the requirement, as you heard, is that three people are told at the same time about the disowning of well, the... Could, they could call up the Nachum Siegel show right now and, you know... Yeah, that's true. That's not even a joke. We could probably be a service to everybody by doing it one morning next week. <clears throat> you just gave me a great idea, uh, Rabbi Gersten. It's a great and idea. And what about... It would work, selling. right? It would work, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go ahead, Rabbi Schoenfeld. I'm sorry. Just ask Rabbi Gersten, what about gifting and selling? If I have, I happen to know, one, let's say, one of my father's aides, can I call her up? Because I don't go to, even to visit my father. Can I call her up and, and say, listen, Prima... Uh, here's a story. I'm gifting it to you, and I hope the barber. She says, "You know, you know, does it work?" Uh, right. The over- problem is they need to make kinyanim. They need to somehow acquire it, and, and and a Jew can't acquire something on behalf of a non-Jew. So um, if you were to you no, but the Jew, the Jew, the guy is, uh, is the non-Jew is acquiring it. How, how how are they acquiring it? It's in your house. The item you're giving they're it to them. They're not giving it. it. But the item, how but the, quite- the the items in your house are by Schoenfeld. So the, the normal way you do it is you would give it to them, they would pick it up, three tzvachim, they make a kidney in Hagbah by picking it up, and they would pay you cash for it. they give you a dollar. And then it belongs to them. Here, you don't have the kidney in Kasef, you don't have the kidney in Hagbah, so you don't have anything. Okay, but we don't have a, we don't have a, Kenyan, uh, a Kabbalah's kidney by Mechiris Chametz either this year, we, for the most part. We and do. We, we, Rabbi Shechter gave a Nusuch to sort of uh, override that. So uh, there's got to be some way we have no, to override No, you're talking about... You're talking about there's no Kabbalah's Kenyan between the person who's selling it and the rabbi who he's selling it with. Yeah, you don't need right. a Kabbalah's Kenyan. Because I can, make another, I can make a rabbi, another Jew, a shliach to do anything for me. I could make him a shliach to sell it for me. But when the rabbi sells it to the non-Jew, he has to actually make the Kenyanim with the non-Jew. Between two Jews, you don't need Kenyanim. I can make him a shliach. Got it. Wow. You make it by my... Very interesting. So for some, this is a little bit of a... Uh, and by the way, before everyone panics about the new stuff, what do they have to tovo? What is required to be tovoed? So anything that's uh, metalware, forks, uh, you know, cutlery, metal pots, anything that's glass so gla- of origin has to be tovoed. So glass and fun, metal. But it also gets glass and metal. Those are two big categories. Glass and metal. And, but what should be mentioned is anything ceramic, earthenware, anything ceramic, does not have to be tovoed. Right. <clears throat> you know, China. I also mentioned that, like disposable aluminum pans and things like that, do not. Right. Uh, to most people, do not require. So, uh, so either. So, since we drifted into the selling of the chametz, the selling of the chametz is actually easier to deal with halachically than, except for that one step that the rabbi has to take care of, as you described. But other than that, if you if you follow the you know the, the five seven eight zero rules, the twenty twenty rules. For selling the chametz, that's a pr- that's a pretty easy adjustment. Well, I guess you can you could maybe tell your rabbi you want to sell him your your utensils as well. Include that in your. Oh, that's a good idea. Don't include that into your mechiras chametz because then you're going to have to title it after Pesach, you know. But this year, maybe those who bought new utensils should tell the rabbi specifically. I do want to include my the sale of my new utensils. Uh, great idea. That's a great idea. That may have solved the problem. Yeah. Just make sure after Pesach, when things normal out again, that you uh, that you know you tovel what needs to be tovel, or go through that process that you normally would have gone through, you know, if, if things were normal. 
not normal, but things were easier to get to in terms of neighbors and all that. Uh, JM and the AM, pre-Pesach program. We're going to get to your specific questions in a moment. Rabbi Grumberg, is there an egg shortage in Israel or not? And I know when any listener hears this pre-Pesach, they're in a panic. Uh, is, we, is it true or not? You we can, cannot you, get eggs. It's 100% true as of today, yes. As of a few, actually last week we cannot get any, including today. I mean, this sounds like a problem from the Middle Ages where, you know, there were certain uh, products of the basic things we need for Pesach that were unavailable. It's 2020 and there's an egg shortage. Do they they feel that this is going to be alleviated in the next few days or people will go into Pesach without eggs? There is hope. I just hope... uh... You know, they're not holding any information like the virus got into the coops. Oh, gosh. Wow. Because uh, the truth is, you know, uh, I don't know if you know, but Israel has a uh, had a uh, vaccine for the coronavirus in, uh, for chickens. For, especially, expressly for that purpose, obviously. Yes, yes. So you're saying even if they were vaccinated, yeah. or 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 it's possible that there were certain chickens that were not vaccinated? I don't know. I'm just throwing out a, a thought because otherwise <laughs> we're trying to understand why there are no eggs. Well, I thought it was a supply chain thing that just you know, it's hard to get drivers, hard to keep the keep the country moving. You know, in this type of situation, but uh, everything else is in the supermarkets. Right. Understood. Um, unique for this year. Uh, attention, it relates to the pa- pa- OU Passover directory, where I want to make an important point. There's something yeah. there that may be misleading. Uh, Rabbi Gersten, I brought it to his attention amongst others, and he, at this point, he does agree with me. What page? I, what page am I on? Page 19. Okay. So page 19 in the box in the middle, if you, if you have it. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, it says Hagala, surface should be completely cleaned with hot water and then unused for 24 hours, and it tells you to uh, submerge in a pot, and then you get on with your Hagala. It says the same thing for Irikirishon, that's where you're pouring from a, from a hot surface, from a hot uh, uh, source. And there, too, it says surface should be completely cleaned with hot water and unused for 24 hours. Now, that's very misleading, uh, and, uh, and I, uh, because it implies if you want to kasha your pot, you have to first. You have to do like two kosherings, two hagalas. Hot water, let it then uh, and then unused 24 hours. Same thing with eroy. Hot water and then you go do the hot water again. Right. This is incorrect. And what they meant to say, you know, because I explained why did why did you write this? They meant to say, well, with just hot water. That's what people use to clean things. No, people don't read it that way. They read hot water that you got to boil water. Correct. What you do have to do is clean it with whatever cleaner you use. And it could be lukewarm water, cold water, if it does the trick. That point, it should be uh, you need to, uh, 24 hours before you do hagala. You don't have to do hagala twice. As a matter of fact, doing hot water, boiling hot water, will, will make it worse. That's back the clock. If your pot's been sitting around for a couple of days, it's already got the 24 hours. Now you reintroduce boiling water, the clock starts right now. Understood. Very good point. Uh, Rabbi Gerstin. Good- yeah. Rabbi Gersten, what other uh, unique um, uh, rabbinic decisions have been made for this year, or is it, or is it essentially the two we mentioned? Oh, well, there's, there's a lot of differences. Um, Tainus Bechorim, for instance, 
Um, that would be the fastest coming, a fast uh, one week from today for the firstborns. Exactly. So um, usually you go to shul, you hear a a siyum, and then you could break the fast. You don't right. have to fast. Most people do not fast on on their Pesach. In fact, it's you know, mentioned that it's not even the preferable thing to do to be fasting on going into Pesach having fasted, and therefore the you know the, the general custom in Kali Yisrael is you go to a siyum on on uh, erev Pesach in the morning. This year, you know, the shuls are all closed. How is a person supposed to get to a uh, supposed to get to a siyum? So uh, you know, the, the, the shuls, I'm sure Rabbi Schoenfeld's shul is going to be doing the same as well. They'll have an individual who will be making it a, a siyum, and you'll have a call-in like we have in the show here, and people will hear the siyum, uh, will hear the person finishing the, you know, the mesechta, the mishnayis, and everyone should participate that way by, by having a call-in as opposed to doing it the, new, the regular, normal way of actually being present at the Siem. Yeah, every year my Goldwasser does a Siem for us on Erev Pesach, and we always emphasize do not rely on this Siem if you're a Bukhar. We do it because of the tradition, so to speak. And this year, finally, after three and a half decades, we're, <laughs> we're able to say you may rely on the Siem this year if you are a Bukhar. <laughs> also, another very important thing, sorry for interjecting, but these really are important uh, whereas uh, normally ma- many people have the meaning not to sell chametz gomer if it's you know the pasta. Um, it, it, this year, many, if not most, if not all, of the rabbanu saying if normally you don't uh, sell chametz gomer this year, you should include it in your sale because we don't know what kind of shortages there will be after Pesach, yep. food shortages, and you may just need that macaroni a- a- after Yontif. So that's uh, that's very important to, to keep in mind. Also, you know we are. Um, I'm telling people if they can't get milk with a, with a hashkacha, stock stock up before Pesach on regular. If you're if you're a non-chalvi soil consumer, or if you're a chalvi soil consumer without, and you doesn't need a or you uh, hashkacha with Pesach, although by now all the kosher ones do have. But let's say you, if you're not a chalvi soil consumer, stock up from before Pesach so whatever chametz may conceivably be in that container will be bottled from before Pesach. Right. Or you, you, if you're getting a, a shortage of milk before Pesach, because the um, uh, if, if one would buy milk on Cholamoy, they'd have to make sure that it's actually a you know, one with a kosher certification on it. Yes, correct. Because Biddle doesn't apply once Yontif starts. Uh, Rabbi Gersten, would you also agree that uh, that this may apply to cottage cheese sour cream? That if uh, if you buy it, be, I, I don't think there's any offensive hummets in any of those things. At the most, maybe xanthan gum, some kind of a uh, kidney-based thing, but I think if you stock up on cheeses before um, Pesach, it should become bottled. If you're afraid you can't get the uh, kosher endorsed. Well, I, I would just point out some uh, cheeses, uh, actual cheeses, having them rennet. Um, it's synthetic rennet. It's a vegetarian rennet, but it's grown on a it's grown on a sugar, on a glucose, and that glucose could be chametz. In which case, the cheese is considered to be chametz. So hard cheese. That would be hard cheese. Like a hard cheese. Exactly. Yeah, but a cottage Those... cheese, um, sour cream and the like, uh, doesn't use rennet. Uh, so, right, I... right. But anything that has in it any, any cheese which has rennet, there it's actual, a question of actual hummets. And then we don't even say if you boil it before Pesach that it would be bottled. Uh, those type of examples, the, the rennet is considered the mind It creates the cheese, and therefore, even at the smallest proportions, it's not bottled. Right, even though the even though the glucose is taken off a culture, so it's very much nishtana beforehand. I mean, we okay, have to yeah. out of our hat that we haven't before. 
Um, right. It, you know, that's so, a question, uh, how we deal with the glucose. But, yeah, but according to some, that would, like you're saying, some might, might look at that as a, as, a, as a form of mishtana. It's questionable how we look at that. So um, if you're going to stock up on something, don't stock up on cheese. Stock up on, <laughs> you know, like you said, you know, uh, if, 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 you know, if you need to eat it on Pesach, if you're afraid you're going to run out of something, so I guess the cottage cheese would be a better option. <laughs> Um, Rabbi Gersten, what about uh, preparing the kitchen this year? I mean, we talked about the uh, Tvilas Kalem issue. Um, what about uh, uh, other, is there anything else uh, that would be a difference in the actual preparation of one's kitchen for this specific holiday, for this year's holiday? Oh, I've, I mean, I've had so many people tell me that they are not going out and they're going to be cashering the, you know, their, their pots, their silverware, um, then, you know, you, we, we mentioned before about tifling. I mean, tifling isn't even an option for many people. They are staying in put, and they are going to be cashering their um, silverware and pots this year for Pesach, the Hummus ones. Um, that's all they have in the house. All right, so, give, so it, give, give us the quick primer. You need boiling water. Yeah, so actually, you, you need boiling water yeah, in, so what, in what type of pot? A Pesach pot, a, a, a Hummus pot, what would you call it? Or any pot? Okay, so if a person has a Pesach pot, they can they can kasher it in their Pesach pot. Um, the the obviously the whatever you're going to be kashering your silverware it should be cleaned ahead of time and it should not be used for 24 hours. And then you boil up the water and you immerse it in there. Um, if you don't have a Pesach pot, um, you can use a chametz pot. Chametz pot should again be cleaned first. It should not be used for 24 hours. Before we actually will go to kashering the other dishes, we kasher the pot first. So the, the way we cash the pot is we fill the pot with water, we bring it to a boil, and then we empty it. Then we refill it, and then we cash in it the, the items that we're going to be using on Pesach. So you're supposed to be cashering, even though it's a little bit redundant, and Rabbi Schoenfeld is going to ask, uh, why are you cashering it twice? Right. But it's a chumrah of Pesach. That you're not supposed to use a chametz sticker pot to cash in. So you're supposed to cash the pot first, even though really it's, it's doesn't really make very much sense why we do so, um, but it's one of these things that they um, it becomes a you know that's the custom to do, so we follow that we we kasher the pot first. I believe the Taz is the one that says that you kasher it twice. In this case, um, so you kasher it first, you spill out that water, and now you can use that pot for kashering the uh, the chametz sticker silverware and things like that. Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld, have you heard from any congregants who are panicking that they don't have matzahs, that they're not leaving their house, and they just need a simple matzah delivery in order to get through the first uh, two days? So important you brought that up. Yes, and, and also some are concerned, I don't know if this has legitimacy, some are concerned hand matzahs. Hand, hand matzahs, by definition, is use your hand, and I don't know what kind of hands went into baking these matzahs. Yeah. Or, so, or, or, uh, they, they're or, concerned, I doubt there's legitimacy, because you know, right. get baked for 1,000 degrees, Plus, it's been many, many days. Right. The time was baked till it gets to you. But, but anyway, besides that, right now I know there is a shortage of many stores of hand matzah. But there's a very big but here. Uh, Herschel Schechler did address, did address this on a conference call, and he said very interestingly, and Rabbi Ganak backed him up on that, that all OU machine matzahs, machine matzahs, all OU machine matzahs naturally are chametz free, naturally, but they also are all made l'shem matzahs mitzvah. You, 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 and that's required on Pesach night. Right. So even though it's machine, every step of the process, before they press that button or the other button, they say L'Shem Matzah's Mitzvah, and Rabbi Gnack explained it because the, oh, you realize that many, many Jews are not mocked to get 
lishma uh, matzahs or hand matzahs. Many Jews just buy matzahs off the shelf, right. uh, you know, machine matzahs. So right. they, they want to at least make sure that they are covered with lishma matzahs mitzvah. Now, it won't be shmura uh, unless it says shmura on the box. Right. Shmura is also very important, uh, the Seder night. But it will be lishma matzahs mitzvah. Uh, and uh, so if you're really out of luck, you're hard-pressed, you could, uh, I, would, I would advise you to buy OU machine matzahs. Uh, because they are seen to it as a shemotz's mitzvah. And if someone's so, take, taking care of somebody who's not leaving the house and who's in a panic about this, that's all yeah. they need to do. They don't have to take from their hand matzah supply. They could literally get an OU box of matzah and explain to the person this is what what and why you should use it for the Seder. Yes, but keeping in mind it's not shmura unless right. it's so, but at least it is lishma. Right, and there are there are machine shmura available as well if someone... Goes to the stores, they'll find sh- uh, machine shmura. Our panel's with us. The burn bounds from J Drugs, Rabbi Grumberg in Israel. By the way, Rabbi Grumberg, we have regards from uh, Abigail Hoffman. She says to say hi. And uh, you see, the listeners are perking up because you're on our on our uh, show this year. And um, we have, of course, Rabbi Schoenfeld. I hope Rabbi Grumberg's still there. Uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld and Rabbi Gersten, who are uh, joining us as usual to discuss the um, uh, different. Um, uh, things happening for this year's uh, this year Pesach and some of the things for every year Pesach. All right, to the Birnbaums we go. Children's liquid acetaminophen and Benadryl. Are they okay for Pesach? Yes, they are. It depends on the company, but most of them are All good. brand Tylenol, Benadryl are kosher for Pesach also. They want to know, this one wants to know about a product you could use for dry hands. Anything you could recommend for dry hands or are all of them fine to use on Pesach? Um, the, most of them are good. Um, you know, you could look at the ingredients, and if it has any, like, wheat oatmeal products in it, then it's not good. So, but the majority of them are all right. Plain ginger tea. Would that be good for Pesach? Uh, maybe this done. Who's this question for? Plain ginger tea. Who do we give that one to? <laughs> what do you think, rabbis? Rabbit rabbi. <laughs> Plain ginger? Uh, ginger itself is not a, an issue, Robert Gersten, is it? No, I'm not sure exactly what a ginger tea is. is if it's just the only ingredient is ginger, it should be fine. Uh, on the Tfilas Kalim Psak, uh, can women be part of the three? Can children be part of the three? I think the children one we answered already, right? And I think the women you answered also. I think you said men over 13, right? Yeah. I mean, technically, if you have two men over bar mitzvah and, one, and a woman who's a over bas mitzvah, um, then that also could work because the two men can act as the witnesses and right. the woman could be the one who requires it. Um, it's brought down it should be three men, but if you can't get three men, you can get three men and a woman, then that's also, that'd also be adequate. Someone asked if you could do it by Zoom. We already established we could do it on a conference call, so I guess that would be for sure, yes. Um, uh, in terms of Mechiras Chametz and doing it physically without a Kenyan, as we as we spoke about, usually when the uh, congregant and the rabbi are together, there's some type of physical Kenyan. You explained that uh, the rabbi can be made a shliach. But this listener writes, is it preferable to write our own star that appoints our rabbi as a shliach, even if it's not an official star because it wasn't witnessed? Rabbi Shonfeld, do you want to answer that? Is it a, a point the, the rabbi as a shliach? I, I don't know. This is from Mechiris Chametz we're talking about, or, or? Mechiris Chametz. Is it preferable to write our own star, meaning our own sentence on the paper that appoints our rabbi as a shliach, even even if it's not an official star because it's not witnessed, meaning you're writing a yeah. Sh- yeah it doesn't it's matter. Never witnessed. 
Listen, it's always a guy signs his, his information, hands it to the rabbi. Never witnessed. Um, it's just handed to the rabbi. Usually there's a Kabbalist Kenyan involved. Uh, this year we're not going to have that. What, I'm, what I've been doing, and according to Rabbi Schechter, this is how it goes, uh, some people have sent me in the, in the, in the real U.S. mail. Most have emailed me with a nusuf, which includes the following words. After I authorized Rabbi Yol Schoenfeld to sell my chumash, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. And then they sign off, this sale, this sale is sincere and absolute. <laughs> Rabbi Schechter wants that, that because that's in the place of a Kabbalist in the Kabbalistan is usually there to sort of cement, to solidify the deal. It says sincere, sincere and, and then, sincere and, and absolute. Absolute. And every everyone who's been writing that to me, and if they ninety percent have followed my nusuf, one or two who haven't, I, I make them re, redo it. Um, and then I what I, what uh, you know it'd be extremely hard, especially those of us who are dealing with uh, you know a couple of hundred mechiras. Uh, uh, extremely hard to sit, especially I'm home. I don't even have a. I couldn't. I couldn't have a print to do this. Extremely hard to print these stars out. These email stars. Right. So um, I, I, I was. I tried to get Rabbi Shechter to address this. They forgot to ask him that. But I know Rabbi Willig did, and he said that uh, you know it's what I want. What I have been doing is just as I get an email, I jot down the name and address. And I have a long-running list of all those people who did send me emails. Got it. With their name, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Jack Goldberg, this and this address, and and I, that will be handed over to the Nahri. And uh, and and with the thinking being, if he ever wants to check who these guys are and, and how do I know that they really did sign it, it's available to see in my email. And Rabbi uh, Willard did say that that's okay, and that's what I'm doing. Uh, a lot of people are going to be using disposable, Rabbi Gersten. You can imagine. Uh, that that may be the way to go for a lot of people. Styrofoam plates and cups, any problem? They're all fine for Pesach. Brown sugar, confectionery sugar, does it need a special Pesach certification? Well, confectionery sugar has in it cornstarch, which is kidneys. It should not be used on Pesach. Um, brown sugar, the OU has a list of brown sugars that are acceptable. Most are. I think, I think almost all the OU brown sugars are acceptable for Pesach. Um, so there should not be a shortage of brown sugar. Can you take vitamin C and D if you're high risk for COVID-19? We've established that the answer to that is yes, based on the way the postgame have addressed that issue for this year. Uh, the same listener says, Ronnie and Larry, and I assume all this is good. You'll tell me if any of them are not. Vitamin C complex, magnesium citrate and B6, vitamin D3 with calcium, Solgar 50, uh, and zinc. I'm assuming those are all all right? They're all kidneyous. Solgar came out saying that everything that they have is kidneyous. So um, if it's a vitamin that they require for right. health, like you're taking, then that's a question for the rabbis. If it's uh, something that they could put away for the eight days, then they should put it away. Right. And Rabbi Gersten, based on what you've recorded from the postgim, uh, you would say generally, and I'm not discouraging people from speaking to their individual rabbis, but the rabbis have a lot of things to consider right now and are busy with a million very serious issues. Uh, generally speaking, if one is taking it for their health, they can rely that the kidneys can be taken uh, as if it's medication this time around. Exactly. Um, Ronnie and Larry, cholesteramine. Yeah, cholesteramine is fine. All right, I didn't know how to pronounce it. You don't have to, uh, you know. I know, I'm kidding around. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Rabbi Grunberg, are you still there? Or did we lose you? See Rabbi Grunberg. <laughs> what happens, Rabbi Grunberg? Yeah, I'm here. Yes, uh, I'm here. Avrami, I'm here. Avrami and Rabbi ba- Grunberg is on the front page, front page with his picture of the 
a local Queens Jewish link. I just sent them a copy. I, somebody, somebody just uh, sent it to me as we're talking. Are you serious? At an interview, their front page with his beautiful face. Do they have photos of him in China? It might be in the inner pages. That's, that know. would be cool. Yeah. Rabbi Grunberg knows more. That was pretty fast. Rabbi Grunberg knows more about Chinese culture than, uh, than most people. Um, Rabbi Grunberg, according to listener Avrami. I'm here. According to listener Avrami, yes. they were able to find eggs in Beit Shemesh, but they're being rationed. So you may want to take a – well, I don't, I don't want to suggest a day trip because you shouldn't be leaving your home. But um, if you know anybody in Beit Shemesh, they might be able to drop it off at your front door. I'll ask my daughter, but no one's really traveling out of there. We're only allowed to go 100 meters. Oh, that's right. I forgot. It. I forgot. You're not even allowed to. That's correct. You're not even allowed to. But you said to me – Right. You said to me on more than one occasion this week because obviously, and, and I'm not, you know, I, obviously, you know, th- this show is one where I like to have a good time, but I'm obviously not, uh, uh, not uh, minimizing the dire situation that that uh, our community and the world is in right now. Uh, but you said to me more than once in a very serious tone, you said hand washing, masks, stay where you are. Those were the three things you were emphasizing uh, to all your friends and relatives, right? Yes, and that's what the point I make in the Jewish Link article, which came out today. Hand washing. Actually, Nachum, you should know that Dr. Fauci, the head epidemiologist, also said that masks are vital right now. I didn't even realize that. Was the president right? Yes, came out today in a statement saying that at first they did not think that masks were as important, but in um, today's newspapers he uh, reported that the, the new studies are finding that masks are very, very, very effective. So combating uh, COVID nineteen. So if they really do, well, it's if proven. They, it's proven from China. If they really do open things up, that's correct. If they really do open things up to some degree on May first, we might be required to wear masks the entire month of May. It's possible that they're going to put that in place. Everything is a possibility. Once they have enough supply, and they'll need a real supply. That's correct. Right. Um, right, right now, they, right now they barely have enough. What I understand, just for the medical, right, that's true. hospitals, etc. Was the yeah. pre- was the president right or not, Larry and Ronnie, that that a scarf is as good as a mask, as long as you're, you know, covered by something that obviously would not let any droplets in, you're covered. Did that did that make you cringe or I, or, I, or, I, or that I, sounds? I would think okay. so because most of the masks are just a piece of material, um, right? You know, uh, cotton, paper, whatever it might be. Some are heavy duty, some are better. Um, like the N95s, a little bit more. Um, but a scarf, anything would you know? People coughing into their arms, you know, right. prevents it from spreading around. So I, I would say that it would be fine. Only problem with the scarf is, let's say, you know. What do you do when uh, after the day is over? You know, you can't discard it. You can't. You know, you got to wash it. Or right. Because the virus nature. does linger on right. different on different surfaces for different amounts of time. Good point. Um, all right, uh, this optimum situation, however, be, because of the shortage, people are trying to do the right thing for themselves and for others, so they're using scarves and other things. Rabbi, however, the, the virus does linger for a while, so you have to be careful. Uh, what about receiving mail? I went online and there's conflicting opinions between the you know you mothers. know someone's a doctor a, a doctor a doctor said to me yesterday. Now remember, I'm in a different mail situation because uh, you know we're living in an apartment building, so it's not like individual mail is being um, you know in in one. And well, actually, I don't know if it would be that much different. But anyway, um, 
my point is that the doctor said to me that what he does is he takes his mail, I'm assuming with a glove or a tissue, puts it in a plastic bag, and does not touch it for 24 hours. What do you think of that? Uh, Kivanti, that's exactly what I do. I don't know about the plastic bag. I let it sit on the floor right. for 24 hours. Just, uh, and there's a doctor There's a doctor in Lakewood who I was told if he gets a delivery, he will let it sit in front of his house for 24 hours. No one touches it. He will let it sit in front of his house where it was delivered to for 24 hours. I don't know about food. I'm talking about like you know Amazon stuff and things like that. He'll let the box yeah. sit there for 24 hours and then and then deal with it. So as, as no, cra- no, because the virus is such a new thing, there's so many different thought processes going on now and differences of opinion that we're not 100% sure. A lot of the information will come out after. Yeah, I know, but it does last on cardboard for a while, so I guess that's everyone's fear. Uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld, someone asks, seriously, can I feed my fish the fish food? And I guess if it's not hummus, the answer is yes, right? Yeah, but like I say every year, you got you got to get uh, freeze-dried worms. I right. hope you, maybe if you can't get it going to a store... You know, you can't get out or they, whatever. They're open. Just or you probably can order online. Uh, you want to come to my house, which I won't let you in anyway. But uh, I have stock of food. <laughs> and and Matz and, and, and that's a, every year, not just this year. <laughs> and and matzo meal may be a good alternative. Although I don't know if your fish will be We're around after tropicals, Pesach. That's for sure. Maybe um, goldfish might. And and have Rabbi Schoenfeld. My annual question to you. And Rabbi Grunberg, I'm sure, is curious as well. Has the cleaning of the fish tank already taken place? In my case, partially, <clears throat> but I have to do it again. It's not going to be quite as thorough as in the last years. I, I, I can't expend that kind of energy. But uh, I'm going to clean it out with my little uh, pump vacuum and, uh, and they, in a couple of days in advance of Pesach and then begin to feed it only the freeze-dried. We are proud of you that you have not neglected that responsibility. I'm sure your Rebbeton is proud as well. Um, uh, Rabbi Gersten, can we use chosen foods, 100% pure avocado oil on Pesach if it has an OU? Uh, yeah, Rabbi I, think that's one, I think that's listed in the OU uh, products pages. It's in there? Chosen, I believe so. Let me just double-check. Um, yep, chosen avocado oil is, is fine, even when not bearing the OUP. All right. Plain of you. Is that Rabbi Gersten? Yes. What page? It's on page 84. Uh, this listener wants to know about vitamin D pills. We answered that one. Is cardamom kidneyous? Anybody? Sorry, it's page 64. Page 64, Rabbi Schoenfeld. Okay. Cardamom, this listener spells it K-A-R-D-A-M-O-N. Anybody know? Next, we go to chewable elderberry with an OU. Anybody know? Well, that also falls under the category of supplements. Oh, it's another one of the supplements? Tylenol, I'm sure, is okay. Yeah, it's an immune booster. Uh, Uh, Actually, there's a lot of call for that stuff right now. You know, the Sambucol and the elderberry and all those things are part of the uh, take to boost their immunity. All right. My, My group is getting larger and larger, Baruch Hashem. Um, where's the, where's the slippery elm club though? That's what I need to know. Uh, hand sanitizer by Gersten. Is there any concern about hand sanitizer? Uh, any of them not being all right for Pesach? No, they're really, they're all fine. None of the hand sanitizers are, are edible. You know, considered. you have to be questionable because right now, a lot of companies are talking about making, you know, like the alcohol companies are going to start <laughs> making, um, hand sanitizer. So, you know, you might have a Glenlivet hand sanitizer or something like that, and that's made from regular alcohol. So there is alcohol in most of the hand sanitizers. They recommend like a, a 
most like Purell, they have like 70% uh, um, alcohol in it. So most of them is not a problem. But they're trying to, um, you know, some people make their own formulas or something of that nature. Um, I saw something, a company in uh, downtown Brooklyn is uh, making their own, it's an alcohol beer company, and they're making hand sanitizer. And that would definitely be, a, a, I would think, a hummet sauce, and that would not be usable. Well, they the regular would, hand sanitizer that you see that come in to your Purells and stuff would be no problem. The national brands are essentially inedible, right, Rabbi Gersten? I mean, wouldn't we put them in that category? Yes, yeah, we yeah. don't... Correct. We don't consider any of these hand sanitizers. They all use denatured alcohol, which means that it's... Right, but that, that they're talking about using regular alcohol to make it. So, in other words, right now, denatured alcohol is a must by the FDA before a hand sanitizer can be approved. But they're trying to push through, doing to an emergency, that, you know, non-denatured alcohol be used so um, people could actually drink the stuff if they, you know, 70% alcohol in the gel, you know. People drink crazier things than that. In the olden days, Rabbi Schoenfeld, this listener says, we used powdered milk to be purchased before Pesach. Okay, good idea. Well, good work. When they say the olden okay, days. There's no there. It's when, when they say hydrated and uh, it should work. I apologize. So, when they say olden days, I automatically turn to you. So that's why I just wanted to make sure we had confirmation. That's all. Uh, San Benedito, sparkling mineral water in Israel, needs a special Koshla Pesach Hechsher. Um. Uh, oh, it needs a special hechsher. Oh, has a has a hechsher badatz year round? Does it need a special hechsher for Pesach? We've spoken about the water a, a, a lot of times. What about mineral water? Is it the same as regular plain water? Rabbi Gersten. Oh yeah. Usually we recommend if it's only plain water. Once it says that it has minerals added, uh, the minerals um, they they could be, they could contain kidneys. Um, in truth, if you buy it before Pesach, um, you know it's not really the biggest issue. The kidneys is bottled before Pesach, but you know if you have a choice, it's better to buy just plain spring water without any minerals. All right, let's. Any buy plain water is fine. There's a, there's a brand of coffee. It's a wonderful coffee, an instant coffee, Nescafe Gold Espresso. It, it has the OU. It's a product of Canada, uh, but, but and it's a plain OU. It has. I've, I've had it before. Somebody introduced me to it. It's terrific. But it says 100% Arab, Arabica, I guess, coffee, with crema, C-R-E-M-A. Uh, I can't find it on any list, uh, Nescafe Gold. Um, should we just assume any list, meaning that you can have it without, without an OUP? Should we assume that uh, we should not use it? I, mean, I have no idea what crema is. Yeah, I'm not familiar either with that term. Um, but, yeah, once it has any other ingredient in it, then uh, it should not be used on Pesach. Only plain... 100% coffee could be used, you know, once it's once there's any flavor added, any other ingredients, and it needs special pesos. All right, in our last couple of minutes, let's go through these quickly. Goldbaum almond flour just has an OU. What do you say, Rabbi Gersten? Um, I mean, there's a long, you know, in the in the, the list in in the um, OU guide to Pesach, There's a list of different almond flours that are acceptable um, without. Pesach or with Pesach, I would recommend someone look at the, you know, buy one of those. If they can't, they can't get out, they have the almond flour ready, I, I would assume it's fine. All right. Uh, we talked about the multivitamins already. We are going to ask you, Rabbi Schoenfeld, before you wrap up in a couple of minutes, just to go through the sale of the Chumetz procedure one more time. Some of the listeners are confused about what we said, so I'm going to turn to you for the simplified version of the, um, of the sale of the Chumetz, and we'll do that 
in just a moment. Um, when uh, we did that one already as well in terms of the pot, whether it has to be Kushal or Pesach. Ronnie and Larry at J Drug Similac sensitive does not appear in the OU list of baby formulas. Do you know about that, or by Gersten? Do you know about that? Yeah. Well, Actually, again, sim- yeah. Go ahead, Rabbi. Oh, Rabbi. It is it is kidneyous, but it is also acceptable for uh, the babies. Anyway. And as we always say when it comes to the babies, and by the way, those of you who have babies who've never made Pesach before realize you cannot uh, deal with the uh, washing out of the bottles, uh, you know, in a regular Pesach thick sink. That would that, the recommendation would be Rabbi Gersten to go use a bathroom sink or some other facility, exactly. right? Exactly. Uh, we talked about vitamin C. A uh, prescription of vitamin D, we, we uh, mentioned combination of calcium, magnesium, and zinc. We mentioned that some of those are kidneyous. Is flax meal KFP? Is flax meal kosher Pesach? Well, uh, the, the question is if, if flax seeds are kidneyous or not. Um, it's actually brought down by some of the early early poskim that talk about, um, about zerapishtan, which is flax seeds. All right. And they list that as one of the items that is uh, kidneyous. Uh, there are some that have a minig that it is not. Um, you know, so everyone should follow. You, you probably will not find it so often with a you know with a, with a Pesach certification because of this question whether uh, whether flax seeds are are kidneyous or not. Rabbi Gersten is real lemon lemon juice kosher Pesach if it has a plain OU. Yes, it is. Uh, Rabbi Schoenfeld. Rabbi Schoenfeld, I turn to you for a brief summary of the exact procedure of the sale of the chametz. Okay, so uh, you know I'm I'm only doing, <coughs> excuse me, as uh, as uh, prescribed by Rabbi Schechter. That is, people email me to my my, my email address, and uh, the missile goes something like uh, I, I, Mr. Jack Goldberg, um, authorized Rabbi Yol Schoenfeld to sell my chametz. Uh, uh, for before Pesach, for for in advance of Pesach this year, five seven eight zero. Uh, this sale is um, is sincere and absolute. That, that's the added words. This this sale is sincere and absolute. Signed Jack Goldberg and his address, and then I leave room for other addresses on my uh, on the form in case they have uh, offices or or they want to have their mother-in-law down there too, and then they email it to me. Now, I know a lot of people itemize. I have chametz uh, in my cupboards. I have three bags of cornflakes, whatever it might be. But uh, we don't do that. It's not, my father hasn't done it. Many in Europe and just didn't itemize for, for whatever reason. And then they email it to me. Personally, I log down, write down each email that I get. get, get. If it's sent to me in the mail, which um, a number are doing, I just take that thing and put it in my folder. It will eventually end up into the non-Jews' hands. Appreciate that very much. Uh, finally, Rabbi Gersten, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I feel I must because too many people are asking the question. Uh, you've obviously sat through a lot of um, rabbinic decisions over the last couple of weeks, uh, decisions that are, some of them, way too sensitive to discuss in this forum, I'm sure, especially as, unfortunately, so many people are passing away and that whole procedure of how to handle things, I'm sure there are a million questions, plus, of course, uh, as people are uh, unfortunately in, in intensive care situations, there are a million questions. Many of them can't be dealt with on a general basis, but specific questions have to be asked. Uh, but has has anyone or have you been part of any discussion among our responsible rabbinic decisors about altering what could or might happen on the second day of Yom Tov? Or would you say 
that on Friday, the second day of Yom Tov in Chutzlaretz, based on your discussion with rabbinic decisors, uh, things will be exactly the same as any other year. Who, who are you asking? Rabbi Gersten? Rabbi Gersten, yeah. Very good. Yeah, well, I mean, Yom Tov Sheni for, for a chola, Allah is that if someone is a, uh, um, you know, need of, of medicine, going to a doctor, uh, hospital, things like that, and the halacha is much more lenient in terms of if a person is a genuine, uh, you know, uh, has the status of a real chola. Um, the, the, the Gemara uses the expression, uh, you know, kechol. They made it like a weekday for, for uh, in, in terms of yantiv sheni, in terms of for those who are uh, you know, those who are ill, and certainly in terms of taking medicine. Even though you're not supposed, a person should not take medicine on yantiv or Shabbos unless they are extremely ill, um, but on Yantav Sheni, we relax a lot of the rules. We allow a person, even if they just have a, um, you know, just you know, feeling under the weather, they're allowed to take medicines. And um, you know, so, so the halacha already recognizes the Yantav Sheni is on a lower you know, level for a chola only. Right. Other purposes, Yantav is exactly the Yantav Vishen, Yantav Sheni, and Chotzlart is exactly the same. Um, but for certain, you know, but for a chola, the halacha is, uh, is is more relaxed. Well, I'm I'm, gl- I'm I'm glad I asked you if for no other reason than now one can say to their elderly parents and relatives if you would normally hesitate to contact someone because you're not sure, you know, exactly how you're feeling, etc. And if you'd hesitate on a Shabbos or Yantiv, understood to pick up your phone, etc. Uh, I think it's important to say to them that on Yantiv Shani, if you feel you're in a in a difficult situation. You know, don't hesitate at all. This is, you know, you don't have to worry halachically that you're doing something wrong. I think, I think just for that alone, it was good I brought this up because that's, I think it's an important message to communicate. Wait, 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 wait. Nachum, I think it's not just Yantar Shani. I hope Rabbi Gerstin agrees with me. Even Yantar Shani. Of course. Of course. I, I, I understand. Thank that. you very much for that, Rabbi Shalom. Of course. The not feeling well. The disease is deadly very quickly. Of course. Quickly. Of course. Of course. I, and everyone on this call obviously agrees with that. I'm simply saying that there are there are people out there that may, you know, that, that they judge for themselves if it's a necessity to make that call or to reach out to somebody. Here, at least they can be told that, you know, if, if, if God forbid you're in a situation that you're, you're, you're unclear or you don't know what you would do on a normal Shabbos, understand that Yantav Shani is different. That's all I'm saying. It, it, it might, because of the way we think, because of the way people in our community and the amazing elders in our community think, it might just prompt somebody who wrongly would not make that call on Shabbos to make that call on Friday, second day Yantav. Can we at least agree the with that? in Eretz Yisrael, and, I, and, and then uh, I know people in Chicago got this from Rav David Zuck. I'm sure all the responsible posts can agree. Let's say you tested for corona. You're going to get your uh, results coming in someday. If you see that, that it's a hospital call, getting, you pick up the phone even on Shabbos, right. which I've had Mishpacha do. Right. Um, important to keep to find out the results right 100 percent. and nobody is disagreeing with that i'm simply saying that having discovered yeah. or reminding people that the yunt of shaney is on a lower level i am sure will help somebody out there who's who you know how we behave sometimes as a people we're a little bit stubborn and not ready to to make that call on a shop so at least you know people will have that in mind uh as they go through a situation like that I thank our entire panel, special guests from Israel, Rabbi Mordechai Grunberg. Rabbi Grunberg, you started this tradition 35 years ago, and I thank you. And it's a pleasure to have joined with you again today. 
I miss that swivel chair at Bella uh, <laughs> College. Remember that one, boy, I'll tell you. That goes back a while. To our friends at J Drugs, 1205 Avenue J in Brooklyn, 3402 Avenue N in Brooklyn, and Larry and Ronnie, the third location, remind me. It's Kings Bay Chemist on the, at the corner of Avenue W and Ostrand Avenue. I thank you both. And to take an hour of your time at this time is not easy. So thank you very, very much. Continue your heroic efforts on behalf of the community and people in general. And uh, and have a wonderful Pesach. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And I'd like to really put out a really uh, a shout-out for my staff who has really been uh, – extraordinary in this time you know they come in and you know a lot of people coming into the store that are not feeling well and stuff like that and it takes a brave person to say okay let's take care of everyone and do what we have to do no question about so, that you know the nurses and the doctors that are on the front lines and the pharmacists who are but doing what they have to do also so you know it's all uh, all medical necess- necessities and uh, stuff that we have to do and uh, Baruch Hashem my staff is uh, above and beyond. Rabbi Gersten, I thank you very, very much for joining us yet again. Seder, with controversy, I want it to take me just a minute. I don't know what your time frame is. Say it uh, again. The Zoom Seder, there's been a suggestion that because people are alone, women are alone, uh, widows. And, and some men are alone. Yeah. Seder is very depressing. It has been suggested that you make a Zoom Seder for them. It really came out of Eretz Yisrael. It was quickly dismissed by many Rabbana, but I want to give a. Even even practically, it won't work because because the computer will shut off. But I want to Rabbi Ramon got out a very novel idea. He's a rav in Eretz Yisrael. If you have just a moment, I'll I'll explain. I'll say what he says to yeah. do. Go ahead. Okay. It works more better in Israel than here because in Israel they only have one day. Instead of Zoom, which most elderly people won't be able to figure out how to do anyway, get on a call and if you can make it a conference call or even you just yourself with your mother, grandmother. Right before the Yontif ends, no one's going to shul, Larry Yontif, right before the Yontif ends, start just talking Haggadah, sing songs to them of, 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 your, of your Seder, and you tell them a vart, like thrust them into the Pesach spirit with a phone call right before Pesach starts, so at least they're ushered into Pesach with the Pesach uh, spirit. Very good idea. I think it's, yeah. Very good idea, and I thank you for that. Rabbi uh, Gersten, I thank you, and uh, thank you for answering all our tough questions this morning. Yeah, thank you, and uh, you know, wish everybody out there a chag kosher Do we have the number for uh, hotline questions at the OU over the next week? Do we have the phone number for that? Sure. The phone number is 212-613-8241. Plus a lot of information on the website, right? A lot of information on the website. You could also email the OU questions at kosherq at ou.org. Kosherq at ou.org. And Rabbi Schoenfeld, finally, I thank you very, very much again for being uh, the leader of this panel. And it'll be the first, uh, the first Pesach, the first Pesach, Rabbi Schoenfeld, that you will not be bungee jumping at Great Adventure the way you normally yeah. do, that, that outdoor activity that you love so much, seeing tens of thousands of people and going through the extreme activities that you love during Cholomoid. But, uh, you know, we're hunkered down. My... Yeah. Say, say it again. I'm just going to jump from the top of my stairwell to make up for it. <laughs> By the way. You can't leave. This panel can't leave without hearing my vart. Why are we doing all this? We're doing all this for three days and much longer. Nine out of eleven days are erev Shabbos or Shabbos and or erev erev Yantif or Yantif. Nine out of eleven. Why are we doing this? We're doing this and being very. Everyone's lonely. Everyone's lonely. 
either people are actually lonely, meaning they have no one with them, or people are without their kids, without their grandchildren, without their siblings, without neighbors, without the hundred people they usually make the Seder for. Everyone has a degree of loneliness. Why are we doing this? We're doing this so that, please God, next year we have the exact opposite, and we have the largest and most incredible Seder with everybody possible. That is what we are hoping for. And if you look at the calendar, this year we go from Yontif into Shabbos. Next year we go from Shabbos into Yontif. It's the exact opposite next year, and that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping that next year, next Pesach, will be the exact opposite of this one, Rabbi Schoenfeld. Correct. By the way, no, burning summits, uh, just a uh, um, very important topic. A lot of people, so there won't be any public burning of summits because of the crowds. To, to cut to the chase, Rabbi Shechter says this year he recommends, yeah, you can burn your backyard. It's not a great idea. But this year, do what the, the, the bare bones of the Allah requires, which was uh, flush it down the toilet. Take your 10 pieces from the Chiris Hamitz, uh, put, you know, uh, take it out of the bag, and flush it down the toilet. And you would actually make a bracha on it like you would on, on burning it, too. Wow, that's good to know. And I hope people follow that, because I'm already having nightmares about people in certain communities, uh, in our community, getting together and, and actually trying to burn the Hamitz. I hope that doesn't happen a week from today. Rabbi Grunberg, you wanted to say I'm sorry? Yeah, we we all have Hashem with us, and we have a special visitor, Pesach Elio Anavi. And before we turn around, Mashiach will be here before yeah. Pesach. And, and, as, and as Rabbi Penner reminded everybody in that amazing video, um, Elio Anavi doesn't open the door. We have to open the door for him, and we should remember that it's we who are responsible to open the door for him. I thank you all very, very much, and wish everybody a Chag Kasher V'Sameach. And my thanks to my partners at World Mizrahi for being part of their virtual Beit Midrash. Again, facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network if you want to see the video. Facebook. Oh, actually, no, you'd go to the Mizrahi, World Mizrahi Facebook page, I think, to see the, the video again uh, from this morning. Um, but otherwise, when we're uh, being carried, we're on facebook.com slash Nachum Siegel Network when we're being carried by uh, World Mizrahi. Uh, that's it for a uh, Wednesday morning pre-Pesach program at JM in the AM.